2: couple calls in there in that open that I would have loved to have heard this weekend. We were supposed to have the two Grapefruit League games to start the KMOX Cardinals schedule. We have not. As you know by now, those games have been canceled. In fact, spring training games have been pushed back, canceled through March 7th. Today is February 27th, one day before the Major League Baseball deadline that they have set to have something in place so that they can start spring training at some point. Otherwise, if a deal is not in place, regular season games will start getting canceled. Opening day is March 31st. These negotiations are taking place at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, the Cardinals and Marlins Complex in Jupiter, Florida. And joining us on the line live is the outstanding post-dispatch beat writer covering the St. Louis Cardinals, and in this case, the Major League Baseball lockout, Derek Gould. Derek, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you?
0: I'm all right, Tom. How are you? It's, it's sunny here, but uh, don't really know how warm uh, the two sides will be here in about an hour when they set the meet.
2: Yeah, it's sunny here as well. It's not warm, but it's going to be warm later this week, and it reminds us of baseball weather, and this is the time where fans and their, you think players are frustrated with what happened yesterday, and perhaps the owners are. I don't know. But I got your quote from Max Scherzer, not good, as he was signing autographs through a fence uh, at Roger Dean. I'm sure the players are frustrated. I'll tell you what, the fans are. And and they've had a long wait here to see something happen. And to this point, we're wondering if there's urgency on either side to get something done by tomorrow. I think that's probably the biggest frustration of all.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they're meeting for a seventh consecutive day, so – I guess it's it's how you measure urgency, right? At least they're meeting, at least they're talking. The players did consider yesterday walking away. Um, you know, I we you know, was able to talk with one member of their negotiating group and asked him, you know, is, is, could you be flying home tonight? And thinking about how poorly yesterday went. And I was told, you know, that that's a possibility. Um, they obviously talked their way into staying. The owners said they would stay. They're meeting again here, um, actually imminently. Um, but you're, is that a measure of urgency? Or do you measure it in how much the sides have moved? Because, you know, the owners will point to the fact that the players continue to make proposals on topics that owners have said are non-negotiable. And so does that forward the ball at all? If one side says, no, we're not moving on this, and the other side says, come on, move on it a little bit. Come on, move on it a little bit. Come on, move on it. Is that just delaying? Um, There is a palpable sense here, especially after yesterday, that, you know, the owners made such – well, look, they acknowledged that, you know, they felt that they received a a terrible proposal, and so they responded in kind. And, you know, um, I did ask, what purpose does that do? Why, Why respond to an offer you don't like? with one that you know they won't like. Isn't that just sarcastic? Um, They didn't really like my word choice there, but, um, but that's, you could see how maybe that's not a measure of urgency. It's just a measure of a four corner offense. And so I, my way, that's my long way of saying I, I empathize with the fans, but it is kind of hard to measure urgency when they're meeting every day. They are talking, they are trying to get things done. the the union did try to, oof, um, you know, push in the owner's direction with the owner's request to get a comprehensive proposal that did happen yesterday. Um, but you know, the, the, if it centers on things the owners aren't willing to move on, then is that any urgency at all? It's it's tricky. It is really hard, and I empathize with fans.
2: Yeah, it is, because, you know, you the image of Rob Manford being in the house, and he, of course he has a home there, but the fact that he's there and he had been there, but the fact that he met with Tony Clark, which, as you noted in your previous story in the post-dispatch, that wasn't known to have happened in, what, about two years, right, Derek?
0: Yeah, since... uh. Ape, one one on one okay, so one on one yeah, since April of uh, 2020, yeah, when they were trying to get the season back going back, right in the you know right in the mix of the pandemic when there were still so many questions, um, they met one- on one and then both of them had such differing views as to what actually was accomplished in that meeting.
2: There has been some enthusiasm about the draft lottery and perhaps Mm -hmm. both sides discussing that a little bit more and and that coming to fruition. There have been a lot of little things, incremental improvements, I guess, and changes as you move along, but the big one that's still hanging out there is the CBT, the collective bargaining tax, the luxury tax, and what that threshold looks like. I guess the question that I have is how fast could that, that seems to be the key that could unlock everything. How fast could that come together? Could that possibly could you could that conceivably be done by tomorrow
0: it could be if the owners back off the attempt to make the penalties harsher and if the union comes down closer to where the owners are um the owners that was part of yesterday's kind of um I don't know. I mean, just like incremental moves to to that incited such frustration on both sides was, you know, the the players came down on their CBT. And you're talking about, you know, $245 million, right? They came down $2 million through years 2, 3, and 4 in each of the year 2, 3, and 4 of a five-year deal. The owners were like, well, that's not really much of a step in our direction at all and countered by going up $1 million in the second year of it, and it just is like, "Come on, you know what are you doing here i mean that that's not much um, they they would have been better to not move at all on that, but just to take the small step in their direction what we could see why that would irritate the fan or the 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 players right so it's a matter of maybe narrowing that gap from the players and dropping more significantly toward the 215 220 range that would be you know a substantial drop for the players and that would have to correspond with the owners really going maybe even going back to status quo um, on the penalties what what the owners have done is create a far harsher penalty for going above the threshold than existed in the more recent cBA just um, while they've uh, taken away the first um, penalty that's non-financial they've increased the taxes twofold um if teams go over it i mean it it it's basically. Um, you know, attacks to to hammer the Dodgers, to hammer the Mets. Um, but it also is one that the players are trying to raise the CBT. Just to give some background here, they're trying to raise the CBT because there are a lot of teams that get within one free agent. Not a lot, but there are four or five teams that get within signing one free agent of the CBT and stop there. Mm-hmm. And so if you raise it, the argument, the thought is, well, that'll give that much more money into the free agent pool that a team might be willing to go sign that $4 million reliever um, that does not then tip over the CBT. So, yeah, I mean, could it be may a breakthrough like that, especially where the owners come off the, the CBT tax that is effectively creating uh, a hardened cap? Um, as in, you know, right on the brink of being a salary cap, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And, and in that scenario you just painted, you know, that helps the market as a whole for the players. A, a pre-arbitration pool is also being discussed, helps the players. Mm-hmm. A, a a minimum salary, we're talking about not just about the players that get paid multi-million dollars, but a minimum salary, it helps the player that has to pay other fees to agents and everything else. So spends, what, th- an average of three, three and a half years in the major leagues trying to help them out. Players want to get paid. It, it It sounds to me... Also in that scenario if the owners are upping it by a million it's almost like they're poking the players a little bit just saying yeah. you blank it's time you blank right. and, and somebody yeah. kind of has to and it's almost like they're they're laying it down and saying it's going to have to be the players to crack here.
0: Yeah. Um well I mean that's what this has all been about. Mm-hmm. Um it has been an aggressive lockout, right? You know, not a defensive lockout. Um it just that's been the nature of it and we knew that from the start. I mean, even the, 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 the advertised deadline on Monday is an aggressive move to get the players to realize, you know, to test whether or not the players will give up any of their salaries. That's what it is. Um, you know, it is a deadline where they'll start canceling games, but please keep in mind that that's, like everything else, negotiable. So if they start doing that and then they come to an agreement in April, you're going to hear the union say, we can have a full season. You were going to have a full season in 2021 that started in May. Why can't we do the same thing in 2022? You have a 154-day schedule with 162 games and full pay. That's what you offered in 2021. Why not offer it now Um, so you're going to see more back and forth on that even after Um, Monday's deadline comes and goes. And you imagine Manfred down here in Jupiter would have to give a statement about canceling a number of games. But even that, like I said, with everything else would be negotiable and you'd you'd hear quibbling about it um, when they get closer to a deal, if that's a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now.
2: Derek, we're going to take some phone calls after we get off the phone with you, but we appreciate these last few minutes. We actually had someone call the newsroom and said, could you ask Derek – couldn't they just renew their current agreement for a little bit longer, extend it, and start playing and resuming activities and then go back to the negotiating table if they're that far apart? I guess I'll ask you in my own way this person's question. Is there any other scenario to resume baseball activities other than to have an agreement in place?
0: Yes. In, like, in 5 minutes the owners could lift the lockout. Yes. The owners could choose I mean they I can get it to, I could I mean I can look across my from my hotel room to where the owners are meeting at Roger Dean Stadium. They're not well, you know what actually one of them is pacing over there. I can't see who. Um, but he could shout from that balcony, not to be over dramatic, but he could shout <laughs> to me across the street saying we're lifting the lockout and there would be baseball this week. There That's would be it. baseball yeah. activities. Um, this is the, the way it works is the owners have imposed the lockout, but why they've done that is a preemptive move to avoid a strike. If the owners lift the lockout and they say, we're going to continue to operate under the previously existing CBA, then the players would have the right to say, well, we're going to strike until we get a new CBA. That's what happened in 94, 95. That's why it was a player's strike. The CBA expired before the 94 season, but the owners continued to play on into that 94 season with all the things going on, how great Montreal was when you think back to that remarkable Expos team. Think back to Paul O'Neill, who's about to have his number retired by the Yankees, hitting 460 in May, right? All of that was happening under the previous CBA because they didn't have a new one, but the owners didn't lock them out. They said, we're going to continue to play. And then at the most opportune time, When it was going to hurt the owners the most, when the postseason was in balance, the players had a strike, and they walked away until they got a new CBA. This year, the owners, having learned from that, made the preemptive move to have a lockout. They could end it at any time, and baseball would resume under the previous CBA, um, but they're not going to.
2: Derek, there will be a time and place for Cardinals questions as it pertains to this, but if you and I go down that hole, you, we're going to be talking until 2 in the afternoon. I know how you and I are. We'll be talking forever because we love it, but we'll we'll do that, and I really I value your time so much, and I appreciate it. I'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much for the time. I highly encourage people to buy a newspaper but if you don't do that just go to stltoday.com sign up for everything and Derek Gould will guide you through the coverage of the MLB lockout and hopefully baseball soon Derek thanks so much
0: yeah no problem I'm about to walk over there and wait outside a fence so (laughs) wish me luck
2: you're the best man thank you all right thanks there he is beat writer for the post-dispatch award-winning Derek Gould with us on KMOX.